following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I didn't know there was such strong feelings about cereal milk from last week. Yeah, we got geez. called out on that yeah, like well, right away. That's all right. We do have some aliens that listen to us. <laughs> I, I mean, I, no. I didn't think it that was such a. Did uh, more than one person? Topic. Did more than no, one? No, it was just Matt. Oh, okay. But still, like he was strongly in the opposite corner that's as okay. us. Right. I didn't realize that. I'm all that, for some some diverse opinions. That was uh, that was the thing. And you and I were talking. I thought this would have been a, a good thing. We don't have to do it now, but uh, we were lining up um, our favorite spicy chickens. Because didn't you say you had a different one that yeah was, I had that, Popeyes that had, that had topped the other. I had had Popeyes most recently. My favorite one is the one I usually just had. Okay. <laughs> so, like. You know, doesn't matter from no, where. I, I'm a big spicy chicken fan. I just am. You talked me into it, and the one time that I, the, the first and only time that I went to Popeyes, I ordered one, and then I got home. And I think I texted you, and I said, "This doesn't have any bite to it whatsoever." It's, they gave me a plain one. Yeah, they gave you. Yeah, they didn't put any of the sauce. Well, on. like like the Chick Fil A one is good, and yep. I've talked my kids now into because Dad raves about it. The last time we went there two weeks ago, and when we were in Lacrosse, they wanted one. And then they were howling from the back seat because it was so spicy. <laughs> nice. I love it. They're like, do we have more Sprite or do we have more? Like, nope. Sweating when you eat. That's fun. That's like, fun. Like, this is this is it. So they could only eat half and then dad had to clean See, it. See, and I'm still a big fan of just the original chicken sandwich at Burger King. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to try that new Italian chicken that they got with the commercials that are always on. Okay, which are good with the mozzarella and then the and then the sauce on the top. That that looks good, but at the same they time, they all look good in the commercial. I know. So does the McRib until you know how they make it, then you're like, yeah, I would never eat I'm that. Glad I I've had one in my lifetime and I'm good. Yeah, that's all. Um, and then I think I was because didn't all the spice chicken came out with? God, what was the one that was sold out immediately? Was it at Popeyes? And then you couldn't get it anywhere for a while because every, so. because there was a run on it. Yeah. And then a lot of places started coming out with their own versions. And then Culver's ran out of like buffalo sauce. Culver's for a while. is is pretty good too. Is it good? Yeah. I've never had it. Yep. I've had it. It's it's pretty good. Chick Fil A's is good. Mm-hmm. I I got to go back to Popeyes. Chick Fil A and Popeyes are the standard though. Top two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Matt, do you have any spicy chicken <laughs> thoughts? As we start, I, this. I, I'm sure Buffalo Wild Wings has a good one, but I usually just get wings. wings. Yeah, that's you know. how that works. All right, I'll have to go. I'll have to go try Culver's. Maybe I'll do that for lunch. I liked it. I I'll thought it was good. On. All right, this is the uh, intentional foul back for another week, and we will start as we do with football. It was the Packers and the Bears. Second matchup in Green Bay with a victory. Rodgers and Justin Fields both wound up playing. And it was a nine-point win for Green Bay and a season sweep. And I didn't really care. I watched the game without cheering. I watched the game with no real enthusiasm. I was happy that they won, and now I'm fine if they want to lose the rest of the way. That's where I'm at with the Packers fan. If Rodgers wants to 
hang it up for the rest of the season and maybe his career in Green Bay. I'm cool. Um, I did read something from one of my former um, good karma teammates who runs a show over at uh, ESPN Milwaukee, which I'll, I'll run by you and just see see what you think. We could talk about that later on. But, um, yeah, I, I guess initial thoughts for Green Bay. Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark dominated, but he got no pass rush because Justin Fields escaped everything. Um, he didn't torch them as bad as I thought, but after the first touchdown, I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be another Jalen Hurts day uh, against them. Jerry Alexander trash talks too much after he gets burned by Equinamia St. Brown. Who's awful, by the way. Bad. He's bad. That's a bad wide receiver. Alexander called him a scrub, and I'm like, I don't know why you're talking shit. He burned you twice. Like, I I, I don't know why you have to. Uh, anyway. Um Quay Walker did a good job, I thought. He's going to take his lumps, but I think he has the makings of a good dude, kind of a little, little bit like Sanborn, fast and always to the ball, but a little bit more downfield, needs to get in the weight room, you know, probably get get a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, but other – and A.J. Dillon has played really well over the last probably two or three weeks. Was Jones – did he get hurt there for a while? Is he, that why he was out? Yes. I kind of missed that. Yep, yep. He, okay. yep he, he went in the tent, and then he came back late. Yeah. Um, but I thought Dylan ran really well in his absence. Um, so, and and Christian Watson now that he's healthy and he's playing, I mean, well, he's fast. Helps to have speed, and if you can run some intermediate routes and then, you know, turn on the afterburners, and you play a Division two secondary, that helps. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't have more against them, but Green Bay's. Wide receivers aren't that good. Christian, or um, um, what's his name? Sammy Watkins actually did a good job blocking on a lot of runs, which I saw over at Whitewater a lot when you're asked to to block in a running scheme. You better be able to block your ass is going to be on the field. So, And Watkins actually did his job. It was nice. So those are my Packers thoughts. I don't take anything from the game. Um, it's nice that they won. Don't really care. And now I don't know who they have left in the schedule, but what are they, 5-8? and eight? I think with four games left to go. They're not out of it. But they go with the Rams, who are now staring down the barrel of Baker Mayfield, starting for them against Green Bay a week from, um, or I should say, yeah, a week from Monday. So it's like, man, I, I, you got Detroit left of the schedule, you got Minnesota left on the schedule, and I, Miami. Miami. So, I mean, there's a real possibility you could sneak in the back door, which I don't really want, but if it's there, fine. If it's not, whatever. So, go ahead. I mean, I... I Shouldn't have been surprised, but I was kind of surprised at the Packer fan reaction after this this win. You shouldn't have been. Surprised. I shouldn't have, but I I kind of was. Lot of lot of mouth running. A lot of chirping. Lot of chirping. Um, lot of chirping for a a team that was down two touchdowns to one of the two only teams in the NFL. Currently eliminated from playoff contention. You're down two touchdowns. Um, you basically needed bad play calling late in the game by the Bears and, and a mini meltdown by their kicker to win the game. Um, so I, 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 you know, I've you know I listen to a lot of local radio and stuff, and a lot of excitement and optimism for this team now to make the playoffs. Um, which they could. There's 
a lot would have to happen for that to happen. Sure. I mean, obviously, first they got to win out, and then they got to have a whole lot of help because most of the teams ahead of them have already beaten them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was it, it kind of got me thinking, like, if you're a Packer fan that's very excited and you're hoping for them to make the playoffs, should you be? Should I mean I'm just I'm asking you like even if you like the goal always is to make the tournament and then is to win the Super Bowl. You think this team can win eight games in a row? No. Does anybody like so my? But Packer fans are delusional by nature. Yeah, I don't know. I got maybe so, and maybe and maybe maybe every fan base is that way. I I don't know. I, you don't. You live in Chicago and you're not plugged into their media, so you don't know what they're saying. And I'm and sure thinking. there's there's their nutbags down there that were pissed off that they lost because it ended their playoff hopes this year. I just think if you think that way, you're kind of a dumb fan. Um, because I think. In some of these situations when, you know, and, and I say this as being a longtime Buck fan who was very much okay with them making it as an eight seed. But at some point, like, you have you have to go one way or the other. You got to either bottom out and kind of kind of rebuild or you kind of got to go all in and try to win. And when you do neither, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough spot to be in as a fan. You've done just enough to stay competitive and get to the tournament, win your division, and if the right things happen, you have a chance to win the title. Because as long as the Packers do keep winning games, and they're going to beat the Rams, and that Miami game is the, is the biggest game of their season. Because I think if they win that game, I think they will win out. If they'll beat Minnesota at home. Yeah, because I think Minnesota's going to have their spot wrapped up by then. So I don't think that game's going to be a huge deal to them, other than other than the rivalry. And um, and then they got the Lions the last week of the season, and they may be out of it. Who knows? But I don't know. It's you know the we talked about should Rogers sit? Should Love play? Rogers won't sit until they lose. And every week now, I think you you're, you would learn less about Love every week. You don't play him obviously because you're seeing him less. So I don't know. I mean. Gudikin said on Monday that they've seen enough from him in the action that they've seen, it's practice, preseason, whatever, to know going forward that he's a guy who can win them football games. Well, I know, but it's just one of those things where if, let's say they make the playoffs and they get beat in the first round. Okay. They, they, play, the, they play Minnesota in the 2-7 matchup. They go up there, they get beat. Well... I kind of feel like Rodgers is your quarterback next year. So you're going to be in going into year four without this kid having played. Now, remember, Rodgers only sat two years. Most quarterbacks now sit maybe, maybe one, one, maybe. Right. So he's going to be into year four. And just forget the contractual part of it. If you're him. What am I doing here? What is Exactly. Wasting my time. I'm wasting my, my career. career. I mean, I'm not gonna. Be, I'm gonna be 26, 27 years old by the time I'm able to to actually have a chance mm-hmm. to be a full time starter. That, that that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. So my buddy in Milwaukee said that he's hearing Gudikin's comments of "We know all we need to know about Jordan Love going forward." He's taking that as he's not 
playing for us and we're not picking up his option and we're going in a different direction. Rodgers is our quarterback and then we're going to figure something else out. Well, I thought that was if that's a fairly the, interesting take. If, if that is the truth, that is like that is like Tony Mandrich level bust failure by upper management. Because not, because not only did you pick him, and we've had that conversation. Why is he still in your? Why haven't you traded him? Look at all the teams around the league that that, that are that are desperate for something. Do you think anybody is called about Jordan Love though? Really? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I would like to be interested in that. You know, maybe in the off season they did. I don't know. The um, difference is they tried to play Mandrich and make him an integral part of their team right away. They didn't do that. With, no, with I know. Loss. I'm just saying is a is a complete waste of a, a first of a, round pick. Of a first round pick. Yes. And granted, one was the second pick in the draft, and one was like the thirty second pick. I'm I'm just kind of using a parallel here, sure. but. You know, if if that's the case, then that is a massive, massive blunder because you basically handcuffed a potential Super Bowl team for two of those three years by not getting him some help. That That's, I don't know, that's a tough one to live down. The popular thing now with Packers media and fans this week because there's nothing else to talk about because you're on the bye week and there's no practice I mean, LaFleur talk, Goody talked. I don't know if anybody's going to do it the rest of the week, is um, all about Rodgers' future next year because he said something interesting after the Bears game about, you know, playing Green Bay in the fu- playing with Green Bay in the future and, you know, being back and not retiring or wanting to go elsewhere. And he said, well, there's got to be mutual interest on both sides, which I thought was a very weird thing to say at that moment post game after you just beat the bears. I just don't know why he keeps talking about it. Right. Like shut the fuck up, man. Like we like, had I understand people are going to ask you. You don't have to answer the question. Well, we had this thing in the off season about some fractured relationship with him and Goody or him and LaFleur or whatever. Then training camp started and then they got on the same page and then they talked and they're all hugging and kissing and saying things are good and we have a good relationship. Now we're at the getting to the tail end of the season where we're talking about his future with the organization, and now he's again alluding to the fact that he and management aren't on the same page. It's like we're just like the pendulum is going back and forth, and I don't really. It's just m- Rogers. He know just why he, it's swinging. This he way. thrives off drama. He's a drama queen because the smart guy would take the Belichick approach and say, "My future is next week against the Rams." That that that's my future. I'm not going to worry about next year until this year's over. So stop asking me. Or if you keep asking me, I'm just going to tell you the same thing. But he loves the drama. That's that's who he is in a nutshell. That's enough Packers shit. I don't care about that team. <laughs> I thought Fields played Rodgers really pretty even up for the most part uh, for most of that game. I think Lauren Cox had put out that uh, this was Fields' highest graded start of the season, which is interesting. Um the, the play calling for the Bears in that game was very interesting. Um, we just saw last week, as you alluded to, Jalen Hurts completely destroy. embarrass, destroy, shred, whatever adjective you want to use on that Packer defense. And then six days later, Fields has six rushing attempts. And I don't even know of the six how many were actual um, play calls. Right. So 
were they protecting him? Was the shoulder injury an issue so they didn't want him running as much? Because he ended up throwing the ball 25 times. That would be my immediate reaction. You know, which is a I, one of the higher numbers that he's had this year. He, and he was 20 for 25. Um, you know, he had the two picks. The first one, not his fault. I mean, St. Brown ran the wrong route, which you guys are used to seeing from him. I mean, dude, he's bad. Like, even the bomb, even the one he beat Alexander on and, and Fields threw it over the bomb, like, he bobbled it, like, three times before he actually brought it in. <laughs> it was like how – I watch some of these guys, especially it seems like at the receiver position, and you had one with Amari Rogers, oh. and I think St. Brown is the same kind of guy. It's like these guys are only in pro football because they're fast. They have no other skills. Like, you called better wide receiver play at Whitewater this year than Amari Rogers and Equinemius St. Brown have ever given in the NFL. Gu- guaranteed. It's probably true. There are better receivers at D3 than those guys. They're not as fast. No. They're not maybe not as athletic. But they're better route runners. They're better, they're better receivers. And, and they've got better hands. I mean, 100%. You can't say that about a quarterback or a lineman usually. You know, once in a while, like that kid minors or something, somebody will come out right. of D3. But, you know, but for the most part, I think these wide receivers at the lower levels are better football players. They just don't have, like, the, the, the one stupid attribute where they can run like a 4-2-40. That's a really good point that you bring up because in all the teams that we saw, Whitewater included, I mean, Stephen Hine, Tyler Holty, even the sophomore Tommy Coates, they have been, I mean, we watched them put on pretty damn good performances. And even across the WEAC, seeing some of these guys who are fast, who can run routes and go go get well, the ball, even it's like... These guys are good. Even that Aurora team that beat Whitewater. Like, oh you don't God. think fucking Don Beebe knows how to teach those guys how to run routes and right. catch the ball? Right. He wasn't very fast. No. So, but, you know, Cairo Santos, again, <laughs> this is the second game he's kind of cost them. And, you know, that's been a position. And, it, and, and then I watched the late game, and I just watched Robbie Gold just pumping him in from 50. Dead center. Fucking eight years after the Bears deem him basically too old. They've never really been able to fill that spot since he left. It's been a rotating disaster. It has. Um, so, I, you know, look, the Bears had 80% of their defensive backs didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no pass rush. They, they touched Rodgers one time the entire game, and it was Taco Charlton, who they just picked up off of the street, who pushed Rodgers down after he threw it once on a play that didn't count. That was the only touch. So they had no pass rush. And Bakhtiari didn't play. There was was a rookie at left tackle. So that defense of the Bears is pretty bad. Sanborn getting a lot of love, you know, getting a lot of tackles, being around the ball. Um, Is he a starting middle linebacker on a good defense. I don't know. Maybe. He's maybe. Only, he's only a rookie. He's only a rookie. I, I don't think you can make that determination but, as of you right know, now. He's shown some nice flashes, so that's encouraging. But at the end of the day, not a big deal No, for, for the Bears. Um, I think the shittier draft pick, or I, I guess the better draft pick they can get, the better. So I looked at their schedule. I think they're going to lose out. 
I think they're going to end up three and fourteen, and that's going to put them in the mix for like the second or the third pick. Houston's going to get number one pick, but which I I saw my first mock draft that I really looked at uh, during during the week, and it was a two rounder, which I didn't pay attention to the second round, but I watched the first round and I looked and looked and looked about what the standings read. They had ten quarterbacks taken. So this league is going to be quarterback thirsty, and the Bears are going to be in a real good position yeah. if they want to keep fields to be able to do some stuff and either Maybe take trade down. whoever they want yeah. or load up on picks and, and for somebody who wants somebody else. And it's kind of exciting to think about going into a draft and having a really high pick like that and not needing a quarterback, not right. being so desperate that you're reaching for somebody and mortgaging later ex- picks. Ex- exactly. So you've got an opportunity to really, you know, build your roster. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens. But Rogers has got a weird obsession with the Bears and beating the Bears. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 congratulations on your dominance of Rex Grossman and I don't put any stock and, into that. You know, Jay Cutler. If that's and what he wants to do to Caleb the Haney rivalry. And, and they they showed his record after the his career record against the Bears, and it's like twenty five and five or thirty five and five. I, it's I just, but it's just a weird thing that he seems to like to bring up. Like I never heard Brady talk about how much he owned Buffalo. I never heard. I, I don't hear Giannis talk about how he never loses in, to Orlando. Like I, I, it's just weird. I don't know. I just think are it's the Bucks and the Magic strange. really that big a rivalries though? Are the Bears and the Packers really that big a rivalry though? People like to say I mean, that's what it is. They're not. You may not think so, yeah, but one, the rest of the league would when, disagree. When, no, actually, I don't think so. Okay, I think the people in, in New York that sit in a high rise might disagree, well, but I don't think anybody around the league thinks that the Bears. Well, and Packers you're just talking are a from a competitive balance standpoint. Yeah, one if one team always wins, it's not a rivalry. Pack, you know, Michigan and Ohio State's a rivalry because they both win. Well, the Badgers and Badgers might think Ohio State's their rival. Ohio State doesn't think the Badgers are their rival. Ohio State always wins. So that's that's just the way I look. If the Bears start winning, if Fields becomes good and the Bears start winning and and Love becomes somebody, and then those guys are you're going one and one against each other every year. I'm all in, but like. This is like so rivalry can just dissipate because some team is dominant over the course of yes. how many years? When we were in high school mm-hmm. and Craig and Parker played basketball, wasn't a that wasn't a rivalry? No. Okay. Our rival was Madison West, so because that's who we were competing with. You so we so were competing with Parker. You define a rivalry by competitive sure. balance and the top teams competing rather than. A historical significance. These leagues or... are too old now, man. These okay. leagues are too old. Everybody's played everybody a million times. You know, the Packers yeah. and the Lions have played a gazillion times too, but the Lions stink. Packers don't think of the Lions as a rival. No, it's probably more so the Vikings, I think, at least the shift is and why, gone. And why? Because sometimes they the beat you. Vikings sometimes win. they win the division. I still think of the Packers' chief rival as the Bears. I just do. And I think that's what. Well, that's that's, that's nostalgia. The, that's the and that's it's, it's nostalgia. And I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the few categories that I fit in with the lunatic Green Bay fan base. Is that if we're gonna suck, I want the feather in the cap at least of beating the Bears a couple of times. That it doesn't do anything for the record or the organization or whatever. But I like to beat 
what is considered to me as the longest rival, I I, I want to beat them. I mean, I'd like we to lose to everybody else. It doesn't matter. I'll I'll take the feather in the cap. That's all it is. All it is. Yeah. See, I I want to beat the Vikings and the Lions as bad as I want to beat the Packers. Okay. Because I'd like my team to be good once. So I'm coming at it from a different position yeah. of, of at least from that fan base. And that's I why I think it's easier for Packer fans to look at it more of the rivalry is because you guys dominate at least the last 25, 30 years. Sure. So, okay. All right, let's move on. Be enough with that. Uh, week 13, quick Thursday night last week, uh, the Bills... Um, two touchdown winner over the Patriots. We were doing a game. Yeah, I, think. I, I was trying to think about this game when I was typing this up, and I'm like, "What month was that in?" <laughs> like Jesus, it doesn't even seem like like when did this game happen? It's a good question. I, I don't even remember anything no. about it. Uh-uh. I think I remember. I don't even remember like hearing anybody talk about it I, afterward. I think I reported on it Friday morning, and then that was. Well, but it was just that's like what happens line. if you go to a Christmas party one night, then you got a Craig Parker game the next night. You just kind of don't, don't have time for mm-hmm. all this stuff. Uh, Steelers beat the Falcons. Surprising? I, I mean, they're both bad. Okay. I mean, you know, that's kind of a coin flipper, but Atlanta seems to kind of be regressing trend, trend, down. down. Yeah. How about the Lions destroying the Jaguars? Trevor Lawrence called that embarrassing. Well, my Lions, man, they're still alive. <laughs> I told you they were going to be in the mix. Um, they, they are going to be in the mix at the end. It's I'd like to see that. Even if nothing but playing a spoiler in, like, maybe if they play the Packers Packers the last week. To to officially eliminate them in the last week. They're going to be in the mix. That'd be interesting. But uh, that game, uh, I thought Trevor Lawrence was done for the year. He really got rolled up on pretty nasty and uh, came out for a brief stint, but went back in, thankfully. Happy for him that that wasn't an ACL or something. Um, I watched the, or I didn't watch. I heard my wife scream from the other room when the uh, Vikings uh, beat the New York Jets, um, which I I didn't know that that was going to be such a game. I thought they'd kill him because um, I didn't think Mike White on the road right would be able to do anything. But then I I I I forgot that it's the Vikings, and I like how that's just the thing. You know, it's the Vikings. well, their their defense isn't very good. And their offense is, they're, I don't know, they're they're almost like Seems you can't in, stop them or it's just not good. So, I mean, they pulled one out, but I don't think, if I were a Viking fan, God help me, I wouldn't be feeling very good about this team right now. I, despite their record, eh. Well, you're not going to get the one seed. No. So you're, gonna, you're probably going to get a home game, but are you ultra confident in... If just you, pulling one out at how, home against how, the Jets. If you're a Viking fan, how confident are you as the two seed and then in the first weekend of the playoffs the Packers are coming to town? Probably not very. Well, as a Packer fan, I'd be deathly afraid. As a Viking fan, they'd be shitting their pants to have to play Rodgers in a playoff game. I guarantee it. Uh, and further proof that we can't figure this stupid-ass overtime stuff out, the Commanders and the Giants tie at 20. Yeah, what is this, soccer? Well, at least they scored some points. I saw one That's today different. where it was zero to zero, and a team advanced in the soccer thing. Both teams? No, just one. Because it went to a shootout. But nobody made anything. Well, I mean, I'm sure they had to make something <laughs> to shoot. How did? I don't know. What if no? I don't know. I'm not even going to get into soccer no. conversation. I just hate the fact. Yeah. I think I was watching something it's like oh they wound up tying and i just started swearing at the tv i'm like are you fucking kidding me well and it stinks because it's a big game right 
for the division and for the wild card. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a big game, and it's going to affect. You know, it it certainly hurt the Packers. That's for sure. I just I can't I can't live with ties in football. I just can't. Uh, Philly destroys Tennessee, and then they fired their general manager today. Well, that'll happen when you trade AJ Brown and he comes back and pees in your cereal and gets 150 yards and two touchdowns on you. And he and he says after the game how much he wanted to be a Titan for life. Ooh. Yeah. Just driving it further in there. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Um, boy, how fun was probably watching the Ravens and the Broncos in a high-scoring well, baseball game. So Lamar goes out, yep. out probably three P- weeks. PCL, yep. Which puts a serious question mark into Baltimore's uh, playoff chances. But fourth game this year, Russell Wilson has not thrown a touchdown. Got to be done. Does he have – I don't even know anything he, about his, the Broncos. His, his Does extension, he have any help? Not much, but his extension hasn't even kicked in. He's still, he's still like, on the Seattle part of the deal. Oh, my God. They got five more years of this. I, this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' well, dead cap money. And it's interesting that with these two matched up, you don't think Baltimore is looking at this going – and granted, Lamar's a lot younger than Wilson – but, like, do we really want to give this guy a quarter billion dollars for the next five years? He, he already has shown that he can't stay on the field. Right. Like, Multiple years. It totally screws your team. Like, I don't know how Denver, I don't know how they're good in the next three years with him at quarterback playing like this and making that kind of money. I, that's, I don't know. That's crazy. Um, Browns beats the Texans with the return of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, kind of underwhelming. Yes. Didn't really hear much, but and he I, did, all I heard was that he didn't play very well. No, and I don't think Cleveland, I mean, they won the game, obviously, because Houston's pretty pitiful. But, but they're not going anywhere. Cleveland's not good either. Um, Seahawks beat the Rams. Rams are bad. Stafford's on IR. And um, now they're going after who else is on IR. I mean they they signed well, Baker May, they signed Baker Mayfield. Yep. And he's going to sounds like be their quarterback. Well, originally it sounded like Mayfield was going to the Niners. Right. Right out of the gate. Their top 2 QBs are on IR. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to be on the uh the Rams. I don't know. I can't imagine him starting this week. Uh, but maybe the Packer week depending on how it goes, but um I t- I texted a buddy cuz I was watching this game on uh, on Red Zone. Um Dude, Geno Smith's good. He's good. Like, that guy can make all the throws. He he threw for, like, 350. I think he had three touchdowns. He led the game-winning drive in, like, the last minute and a half, throwing darts. Um, in your fantasy league, is anybody starting him? No, nobody's starting him, but okay. he's he's definitely on a roster. Right. But, no, man, he's good. I, I, I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but he's a, Just inex- he's a legitimately... Good NFL quarterback, inexplicably gotten better. and good for him, man. Yes, because absolutely. that guy, that guy got drafted by the Jets. He got punched in the face. It ruined his chances there, and then he bounced around a little bit. Yes, and he got to Seattle, and and he's been there for a couple years, backing up Wilson, and they obviously liked him because they moved on from Wilson, and now they're winning. They games. had a, they had a chance. They could have started Drew Locke, who they got for Wilson, and they went with Geno, and good for him for making the most of it. 49ers are banged up, but they still beat the Dolphins. Garoppolo's hurt. 
So they got their top. I don't. Who's the quarterback now over there? Brock Purdy, uh, kid from uh, Iowa State. Okay. So, um, interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Th- I think this had to be one of those games I didn't really watch much, but I don't know what the score was when Garoppolo went out because you would think Miami would win this game, even though they're on the road with a backup third string quarterback. You'd think that they would win, but as I've said many times. Sometimes when these guys come in that you're not prepared for, you they, they, they just, just piss on they you. just do a couple things yep. and you don't know how to react. Right. You know, we'll see what happens this week when the team has a full week to prepare for Brock Purdy. But big win for the Niners at home. Burrow, that defense is probably the best in the league. It's legit. Forty Niners. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fronts. The front seven is always good. Um, Bengals and Burrow beat the uh, Chiefs and Mahomes. Didn't watch any of this. I, I I wish I would have. This it was a really good game. Sounded like a good game. Yeah, Joe Burrow is he's a stud. I mean, he's a top five quarterback, no doubt. That was a fun game to watch with him and Mahomes. Um third time this year that Kansas City has beaten uh or uh, lost to Cincinnati. They lost week seventeen last year, they lost in the AFC title game, and they lost this one. That's interesting. And don't they still have to play yet again, don't they? No, no. But potentially in the playoffs. Oh right. So um since he's kind of had their number, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Raiders get another win. They beat your lowly Chargers. Man, Devontae, what a day. What did he do? Yeah, he had about a buck eighty, two two scores. Made one of the best catches I've ever seen that didn't count. He, <laughs> he had a one-hander on the sideline that was just stupid. <laughs> I don't know how the hell he caught it, and he, he was just barely out of bounds. It was an unbelievable catch, but... That Raider team, they're not dead yet. Really? But but the Chargers, they're on life support. (laughs) Dallas just destroys the Colts on Sunday night. I didn't really watch much of that. I saw a couple of touchdowns scored, I think, in a row by Dallas, and they used the Salvation Army red kettle again or some sort of thing. They scored um, like 30 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that's when I I had tuned in a little bit. Um, And then Tampa Bay... Comes back again, two touchdowns in three minutes from Brady to beat the Andy Dalton-led Saints. I turned the game on because I was watching the Bucks. I turned that game on. There was three minutes left in the game. And, Good time and, to tune in. Well, it was about three-something. Three and the Patriots were at midfield, and as I turned it on, Brady threw a bomb. Pass interference, got it down to like the two. They score. And then this whole sequence happens, and they win the game. And I'm just like, I can't believe that at 45 years old, this guy is still able to do this. And it's the second time they did it because they did it against the Rams earlier in the year. They, they're they not a good football team. I thought that maybe they were going to make a run. I, I don't think they are. I, I think they're going to win the division because it's so bad. But... Man, Brady just that guy he finds ways, man. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I I was thinking about it though. I This has got to be it, right? How many years in a row do we say that though? Well, I know, but I think he's going to be a free agent. Okay. Don't you think they're going to at least come to it? He doesn't have anything to do now. I mean, that's my only thinking is like he doesn't have any family. He doesn't have anybody nagging at him anymore. Does he want to be a single dad and just do that sort of a thing, or 
I gotta concentrate he, on my kids. Does he go, you know, crawling back to Giselle? Does he go to San Francisco? Go go back to California and play for for his boyhood team, and you know, Garoppolo will be gone. Who knows with Trey Lance? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll get ready for six months of speculation. Because uh, even if he retires until the first game happens. Just what I wanted, off-season of Rodgers and Brady wondering what the hell they're going to do. You mean you didn't we, like the one we just had of Rodgers and Brady and what no, are we going to do? No, I'm I'm done with that. All right, playoff standings, go. All right, AFC. So we got a little movement here. Not really any in the NFC, but we got some in the AFC. So now Buffalo is now the one seed at 9 and 3. KC 9 and 3, Baltimore 8 and 4, Tennessee 7 and 5. Those are your four division leaders. Cincinnati at 8 and 4, top wild card, tied with Baltimore for the north lead. Baltimore beat them earlier. But with Lamar going down here for 3 weeks, uh Cincinnati's really in the driver's seat to potentially get a get a home playoff game. Miami Eight and four is the six seed. The Jets seven and five, the seven seed. Patriots and Chargers just on the outside, a game back at six and six, and Vegas and Cleveland still hanging around at five and seven. Um, disappointed in in the Chargers once again. <laughs> but I mean, dude, like I watched a, a lot of that game. Everybody's hurt. They are just decimated. They have no line. Their receivers are playing on one leg. It's basically Herbert and Eckler, and that's about it. Um, I I have a hard time seeing that team making the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, NFC Philly still eleven and one at the top. Minnesota ten and two. San Francisco eight and four. Tampa six and six. God, if they had lost that game, them New Orleans and Atlanta would have all been with five wins, and Carolina would have been with four. It would have been just chaos. Dallas nine and three, your top wild card. New York Giants seven four and one. Seattle seven and five round out the playoffs. Washington seven five and one just outside. Then you drop down Detroit at five and seven. Atlanta and Green Bay five and eight. So as you see, Detroit, Washington, and the Giants all ahead of yep. the Packers and all already beat the Packers. So that's all. You're you're kind of hoping for Seattle to collapse. And maybe the NFC East to kind of cannibalize itself. That's really your only shot it's a to get long in. Long hill to climb, and you got to hope Detroit starts losing right again. So, I mean, the the good thing is that you have a tiebreaker over them as of right now. Well, the good thing is of all those sweep them. The good thing is of all those teams, you have the best player. Well, <laughs> that's that's, that's your good. That's your good thing. Um, but yeah, that's you know, some of the matchups are kind of interesting right now, but. Um, there's still five weeks of football left, so these are we're we're gonna get a lot more shuffling. It it always seems like the last month somebody kind of gags, mm-hmm. you know, and and it, it it could be Seattle, maybe it's the Niners without a quarterback, um, could be Baltimore. Yeah, I I'm mean, ju- I'm just looking up and down here about who. Who the potential is for that to happen? I haven't loved what I've seen from Miami the last couple of weeks. You know, I mean, they've got uh, who do they got next week? They got a big game next week, and then they got the Packers following that. So hmm. we'll see. It'd be interesting to watch who kind of 
Well, because somebody's going to fall out. You know that. We'll are. see if that San Francisco defense can carry the offense with and McCaffrey. No, I mean playing quarterback. They're going to lean on him now, big time. Well, that then that cues up him to get hurt again, because if you give him him a heavy workload, I mean he can get hurt without even for sure doing much. All right, Week 14 starts on Thursday night uh, with a bad game with the Raiders and the Rams. Rams longest losing streak in pro football history from a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning, winning team. team. Really? Yeah, I think it's six or seven games. And it's not going to show any signs of getting easier. I don't think so. I think Vegas is kind of starting to figure some stuff out. I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs, but they they should certainly beat that team. Big game in Buffalo in the East with the Jets and the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think... Again, Buffalo, I, I feel like it's going to roll here. I can't – I mean, Mike White, are you, you going to keep going on the road and throwing for 300 yards? I, I don't – I have a hard time believing probably that. against you, yes. Uh, Browns and Bengals, the battle for Ohio again. Kind of a trap game here for Cincy, coming off the big Kansas City win. But you are playing your rival. And you're at home. And you're at home. And I think they won the first game of, of this matchup already. Cleveland did, so – Cincinnati, like I said, they got a chance. They control their own destiny. They got a chance to win that division. That'd be nice for them. Uh, Dallas matchup or a Texas matchup with Dallas hosting Houston. Gross. Yes. Uh, NFC North battle for the two teams not on the bye. It's a big game. Vikings are going to the Lions. It's a big game. I mean, if Minnesota has any hopes of of sneaking out the one seed, they got to win this game. And... I think if Detroit has a realistic chance of making the playoffs, they have to win this game. I think if they get to the eight loss, it'd be tough for them to make it. But you win this one at home, which they certainly could. Where you're pretty scrappy. You'd be sitting at six and seven and and right in the thick of things. Jacksonville goes to Tennessee. Uh, Titans kind of licking their wounds. I just want, I I can't watch that game. (laughs) <laughs> uh, NFC East, Philly and the Giants. Yeah, another big one. Um, New York needs to win this. They do. I feel like. They do. They've, they're they kind of struggling. They're really banged up. But, man, Philly's just rolling right now. Baltimore and Pittsburgh in a division matchup with, who is it, uh, Tyrone Huntley? Yep. Is that the guy? Yep. Well, Pittsburgh's defense is still pretty good. It's just like you don't really know what you're going to get out of their offense. And, and I don't think if memory serves, he played last year. Is he? Did he play the Packers when they had to play there? I think so. I think yeah. Green Bay beat him, but he didn't play too bad. He's not awful. But I have a. This is like this has got thirteen to ten written all over it to me. <laughs> they just had a ten to nine game. I know. Uh, Kansas City and Denver. Man, if there's a get right game for the Chiefs, you should go there and just absolutely just but, smash them. But one thing Denver does have, they do have a good defense, but. You know, if they're on the field the whole game, I don't care how good you are against that Chiefs offense. Uh, Tampa Bay and San Fran. I mean, it's a long, a real good go. opportunity for Tampa to steal one. Right. You know, you're playing. I mean, this kid that's going up against Tom Brady next week. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Right. <laughs> you're the third stringer, and all of a sudden you're starting in a huge game at the end of the year against Tom Brady. Against Brady. I mean, at least you're at home. That's a long way for Tampa to travel, though. For sure. Uh. They've had some long trips already, having to go to Germany. Right. Carolina going to Seattle, Panthers and Seahawks. Yeah, a loss for Carolina, they're done. 
Um, I think they're done anyway, but mathematically that would pretty much end it for them. And this this should be a this should be a win for the for the Seahawks. This should be interesting if Brady can go to San Francisco and win, and the Seahawks win. That tightens. I mean that that ties up your division up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for, for, for the Hawks and San Fran. Uh, Sunday night will be the Dolphins and the Chargers in L.A. Again, uh, again, these East, these Florida teams having to travel to the West Coast. Yeah, it's... didn't Miami just travel to San Fran? Didn't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> they gotta go back. Yeah, I mean, maybe they stayed. Find somewhere to I practice. Yeah, wow. But yeah, that, that's, that would suck. That's kind of rough. Um, I, I didn't even think about that, but. Big game for both teams. I think the Chargers need it to stay alive, and uh, I think Miami needs to beat a good team, mm-hmm. or at least a, a a decent team on the road. Monday night we'll have the Patriots and the Cardinals in Glendale. Yeah, not not a no. That's, not pleasing to the eye here. That's a couple of Monday night games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buys, Bears and Packers, Falcons and Colts, and the Saints and the Commanders. Yep. And that is week 14 in a nutshell. You got anything else no. in the NFL you want to touch on? Or no, there's I'm good. 45 minutes of pro football. We don't have to spend long on college. Um, the Bulls came out. College football playoff is set. Um, thought there was a little bit of a wrench that might have been thrown in with Kansas State uh, beating TCU in the Big 12 title game, which is actually a good game. Um, and, again, another reminder that I put while I was watching it that the college overtime is – Completely um, preferable to NFL overtime, but that doesn't matter. Badgers got in at six and six. They'll play Oklahoma State. <laughs> There's there was what is the bowl? December twenty seventh. What's it called? The Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Because isn't isn't that what the White Sox field is? Is it isn't it Guaranteed Rate Field down be. there? I don't know. I, I think it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's being played down in air, down in Phoenix. It ain't guaranteeing ratings, I tell you that. Nine fifteen Central Time kickoff. How many people are you gonna get to watch that that are Badger fans? I heard today from somebody that tickets, uh, airline fare right now from Madison to Phoenix, eight hundred dollars. Madison is the most expensive area airport to fly out of. I'm like, well, yeah, who's going who's going to pay for that? But all these retired people. Want to, who aren't already down there. I suppose. They're going to want to go at the end of December after Christmas. Let's get on a plane, get the hell out of here, and go watch the Badgers. That's that's the only thing right now Wisconsin is going for it in this game is that they travel to Phoenix very, so very well. do we know who's going to coach this game? So far, it's Leonard with Fickle sprinkled in the preparation. That's, and, that's what I've read. And do we know who's going to quarterback this game? Because it's not going to be Graham Mertz. No. And it shouldn't be Chase Wolf. It shouldn't be. I don't know then. It might be. Yeah. It might be that dude from Franklin. Uh, unless this is just a Miles Burkett. Unless this is just a a good soldier award for Chase Wolf to give him a bowl game start. Probably. I don't know. I don't know why else you would do that. Because that's, if I you're that's it. Because if you're fickle, if I'm fickle, I, I want to I want to see I, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I've never seen this kid before. I got to see what he can do. Um the Oklahoma State quarterback also entered the portal. So he was out for two games, but their last their uh, their last game that they played, they had a freshman play. Uh, I can't remember what his name was. So this is the battle of the backup quarterbacks right now in two teams that didn't do very well this year. And I don't know why OK State didn't because the Big Twelve is not good. Because because uh, I'm a man, I'm forty. Um, 
Do um, I, I heard today on the radio that there were a lot of guys that got went into the portal today. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear who, though. Nobody really of consequence. Everybody that's left, and I've kind of kept track of this stuff, nobody that you would generally hear mentioned in a game. Okay. Um, so Badger well, fans don't need to fret too much about I don't, necessarily who's leaving. I don't think so because, and I'm going to ask Wargle about this on Friday, and I, and I might actually tweet to a couple of the of the Badger guys because they're keeping they're doing the the transfer portal tracker for Wisconsin, and it's uh, there were three guys that announced in a span of about two hours that said they're all leaving. Um, but Garendo's leaving, which I thought was interesting. Braylon Allen said that he's staying. Um, and not going to Michigan like it was uh, theorized that that was happening. But I thought I thought this was interesting because they lose this running back recruit that happened today yep, from four, Ohio. Four star, yeah. Yep. Garendo says he's leaving as a fifth year senior. Malusi, I think, is out of. I thought he was. So, I thought he was coming back. I thought he had one more year. Okay, because I think the COVID year kind of. Messed everything yeah, up. Yeah, because even, even Mert's leaving, and he says he has two, two years left. Okay, so that makes sense then because we we were wondering a lot of that with the Whitewater stuff because even though you're listed as a junior, you're out of eligibility, yeah, all, all that stuff. Yeah. So then then that makes it a little bit less disconcerting because if Garendo was going to leave and Malusi was done, it's Braylon Allen and this Julius Davis guy, and then with the no recruit, who the hell else knows gonna, who's going to run the ball mm-hmm. in 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 uh, in the future, an offensive lineman left. Couple of receivers have left, um, but like uh, I want to know who's also in the portal from Cincinnati, and who's decommitted from Cincinnati, and guys that we should be on the lookout for. Because Fickle has said he's not a fan of the transfer portal and all that stuff. But it's like at this point, I'm not really sure what choice you have. Is, at least in the short term, correct? Yeah, yeah, is to go looking just so you can fill out your roster yep. of decent guys. Well, and if you've got kids that you recruited that want to play for you, correct? I mean, that's not that's not really the transfer portal no. as much. But um, I saw the one guy from West Virginia, and I know you and I have talked about the portal and what it's doing to you know football, and and you and I have kind of strong thoughts on why it is and is not good. This guy from West Virginia decommitted. He's going to be going on his fourth team. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And that's that's just that's abusing just the system. That's just wrong and, to and me. It's. I think it's it's definitely bad for the sport, for football and basketball. I think it's bad for the sport because there's too many times now where you don't know who's on what team, and I think that's I think that is something that has hurt the NBA a lot in recent years. But I think in the long term, it's going to end up being bad for the kids because you're, you know. Maybe it's a romantic idea, but you're not really getting the college experience of playing a college sport if you're always running to the perceived next best thing. Because you're not taking anything in. You're not making any relationships. You're not absorbing any culture. You're constantly chasing whatever, being a pro, being a starter, Whatever. That's more what I think it's you know, about. And, and that's that's not what it was supposed to be for. That's not what it's designed for. And it's, you know, and, and whenever you rag on it, people like to come back with, well, why can a coach leave? Well, they shouldn't be able to. Uh, they sign a contract. They should be right. bound to the contract. Okay. If they only want to sign one-year contracts, then sign one-year contracts. 
But if a guy signs a seven-year deal and three years in, he wants to go, I don't know why these guys should be allowed to get out of their contracts. Because it because it is sending the message then to the kid. This is okay. That this is okay, and that there's no such thing we as loyalty. It. You can too. Yes. Yeah. So I, I I totally agree. I don't I don't like it. Um, I I just think from a from a is it good for the sport? I I don't know how it can be. I don't. I really don't. I don't either. Um, I am interested in the in the college football playoff because we've got a little new blood in there. I love Georgia and Ohio State right out of the gate. And I like Michigan and TCU. I think that's really interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to change anything. I'm glad we don't have Alabama. I'm glad we don't have Clemson. I'm I'm fine with that. I would have liked to see Ohio State not get in, but that's fine. How much did Michigan beat Purdue by? I didn't see. Oh, was it a lot? I don't. Th- I thought it was a game for for a lot of it. Okay. I think. Why do you think that, that should knock them down or what? No, I was just curious because I figured Michigan would kill them. And and that's what I thought, but but I think I think Purdue hung with them um, for for a lot of the game. I can't I didn't watch much on Saturday. Oh yeah, they they crushed him. <laughs> I just said my net. What, what so what, what did you think about uh, Dion? So Dion Dion is taking over. He leaves Jackson State after much fanfare yes. of being there and a lot of proclamations yep. and getting a lot of black people excited that he was going to turn this historically bl- black college into a football power. He leaves to go to uh, 1-11 Colorado and gets there and calls a meeting and basically tells half the team to pack their bags. Right. And, oh, by the way, my kid's going to be the starting quarterback. And the next day, the last year's starting quarterback went into the transfer portal. I'm not shocked about that. Um how, what, is, what are your thoughts? This is how he does it. I will say I don't like the way he did it, but he's probably not wrong in saying like you guys are all the reason why we're bad. So you're you're not you're not good enough to play on my team. It's the wrong way to approach it. <laughs> Let's just say I that. like it myself. Do you? Well, yeah. Sometimes you need to call it for what it is. But they are under scholarship. So I don't know that you need to be booting people out the door. No. I think you need to understand next year you're going to be bad. Right. And oh, God, then yes. you got to start building your program. Yes. But I mean, I, part of me thinks it's kind of funny. Of course it is. But yeah, it's like it's it's a little bit a little bit of, of tact. Right. Dion. Exactly. You walk in, but like, you're not known for being that. You all suck. <laughs> you can leave if you want. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Maybe it'll kick the guys in the ass to say, well, we don't have a, jo- a guaranteed job going forward, so we better go and earn our spot because you know there's going to be so much competition at spots. He's going to have everything open. Maybe he'll play all freshmen. Who knows? I have found it interesting in the last couple of days to see some uh, of the black media people publicly kind of calling him a sellout. Oh, uh, Absolutely. Build the dream at a black school. Come here. We're going to be relevant. We're going to build this up. We're going to be a new thing. You got offered a shit ton of money. Bye. Well, that's the easy way to look at it. But but may- that's what everybody's saying. But maybe there's, you know, there might be particulars where, you know, sometimes it's schools you can max out. You can. And They just went undefeated and they're playing in a bowl game. What else can you do? Right. You know, and at the end of the day, he's Deion Sanders, and I get that, but. 
Colorado just seems like a if, weird if a, landing but if spot. You're, but, if, but if you're Jackson State and you're recruiting a kid that's getting looked at by Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, and Michigan, why? I mean, come on. They're not going to Jackson State. You know, at least Colorado has got a little bit of a pedigree. Yeah, you know, and they're in they're in a decent conference. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird spot. But, but again, him. it goes back to my thing. How long was he under contract for, man? Did he have three more years and you just let him go? Then that's not – I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know. Um, the program probably can't get any worse than where they're at right now and what they have been. Oh, I think he'll turn them around in a couple of years to be a competitive team. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoff or anything, but – I yeah, heard, he'll get some guys. He'll heard, recruit the West Coast. I heard he's got an offensive coordinator coming in. I can't remember. I, I read the name and I read the school. Yeah, he was a former head coach. Um, but I was like, okay, that's a decent get. Yep, I read the same today. His name escapes me. But but I, I it's it's interesting, and I like the fact that maybe now Colorado has something to talk about. Well, and that's just it. Is it a buzz hire or is it a real hire? Well, you're you in know? Denver. It's probably a Well, that, that's a, that's the, that's a good buzz. That's a good buzz, but... <laughs> All right, so that's enough. Oh, uh, do you want to get in my college football pool, by the way? I'm good. Two bucks. I'm just going to take all those people's emails that uh, they put on Facebook and sign them all up to Pornhub. That's mean. (laughs) Will you please? Michigan and Purdue, by the way, was 14-13 at half. Okay. Final score, 43-22. Nice. So Michigan pulled away a little okay. bit. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I, knew, I knew when I tuned in that that it actually was a game. All right, uh, let's move to the NBA. Uh, Bucks. I didn't realize they had beat the Magic, what did it say, 12 in a row in the series? Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good, no matter who you're playing. Bud's never lost to them down there. I think really? he, I think he's 8-0 as the Bucks coach down there. That's pretty good. So All right. But, yeah, Bucks 17-6. and six. Still second in the East, two games behind the Celtics. Um, past week, they beat the Knicks 109-103, beat Charlotte 105-96 without Giannis, without Middleton, and without somebody else. And then last night, they beat Orlando 109-102 without Lopez. Um, and Grayson. And Grayson, yep. And then Friday night, they lost uh, uh, what I didn't get to see, but everybody told me was a, a hell of a regular season game yep. to the Lakers, 133-129. Anthony Davis and, and Giannis both were over 40 in that game. We were at Sun Prairie West while you were at your party, and I had the game on my on my pad at the table, and we were, during a timeout, we looked at, and Jan, or LeBron had gone up for a dunk, and Giannis had come in from the back and just absolutely blocked the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. It was spectacular. I mean, the Lakers, it was probably the best game the Lakers played all year, and they were up for it. You know, you're playing the the Bucks, Giannis, you're on ESPN, it's a Friday night. It was a, it was a big game for them, so, you know, give them credit. They played well. But um, this week, uh, they got the Kings tomorrow in Milwaukee. They go to Dallas Friday for the second of two uh, games this year against the Mavs. And then they play Houston Sunday early evening to wrap up the season series with them as well. Um, Middleton returned Friday night. Like I said, didn't play uh, in the Charlotte game on Saturday, but he did play last night. One for 11 from the floor last night, but not as bad as it sounds. I watched that whole game. He had some good looks, a lot of rattle ins and outs. Um, you know, he's not playing uh, his normal minutes yet. So he's still trying to get back in the flow. That's why I was a little. I was a little disappointed that he didn't play Saturday against Charlotte because 
I mean, he had a, he was out with a bad wrist. Mm-hmm. He needs. To, I would think he would need the exercise and just game shape stuff. Um, but you know, apparently they're going to try to ease him back. I'm sure he'll play tomorrow. He'll probably only play one of the two games in Texas this weekend. Um, but you know, I, I talked about it earlier in the season with Javon Carter and and you know giving John Horse credit for for picking him up off the scrap heap and he's become a rotation player on one of the three or four best teams in the NBA. Um last night again, you know, Bucks shorthanded Ibaka and Beauchamp have been like on their deathbed sick for like the last 10 days. They don't even make the trip. Uh Wes Matthews has been hurt and as we said, no Lopez, no Grayson Allen. So severely shorthanded last night. So you got pretty major minutes out of uh, Sandro Mamukulishvili and A.J. Green. That's a good job by you. That's the best the I can do. That's really good. Two guys that are on two-way deals. Mm-hmm. And like Bud said, I watched the press conference. Because, I listen, I watched Mamu. He played at Seton Hall. So I watched a lot of his games you, yeah, Marquette. Um, in the Big East. So I always thought he was pretty good, and it's been fun here the last year and a half to kind of watch his development. And he's never going to be he's never going to be a starter because he's just he he's a tweener. But he can be a guy uh, that that could be a back end of the rotation player on a, on a decent team. And this AJ Green kid, he he they found him. I, I want to say Northern Iowa, I think he went to. Uh, But he's a three-point shooter. And last night, those two guys come in, and they give him a combined 20 points on the road, shorthanded, in a game where they only win by six. That's big. You know, and and you got to give the Bucs credit for that. I mean, they've got guys, even even Bochamp this year earlier on had some really good moments. Um They've been able to find some guys here in the last couple of years that they've been able to just kind of plug in and in, in spots when they want to rest their regulars, and they haven't had much of a drop off. And it it's very Spurs like in what they did in the two thousands and two thousand tens when they had Duncan. I think you mentioned that last week. Yeah, and and it's you know Bud's a disciple of Popovich. He came from that system, and and they. You've got your foundational guys. You've got your big three. You've got a couple really good ancillary pieces around them in like a Lopez and a Portis. But then you've got, you know, the Spurs that have Patty Mills, Danny Green, um, Rajo Nesterovich. Um, wow. What was the big guy from uh, Argentina? Oberto. Like these guys that on their own in isolation, they're not. You're, they're they're like borderline NBA players, but in this system, in this culture, they just fit and they work well. And the Bucks have kind of developed that, and it's it's pretty cool, you know, because as as Drew and Brooke and Middleton now are getting closer to their mid thirties, um, and are going to be on the back end or end of some of their contracts. I'm not saying that Javon Carter is going to be the next Drew Holiday, but you've got a culture that you've developed here over these last few years that, you know, those there's only 450 NBA players. It's a small league, and these guys talk, and, and Milwaukee was always a, a non-desirable. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. And, and we saw it 
in recent years with the Brewers. Um, you know, when we were kids, guys couldn't, you know, Gary Sheffield couldn't get out of town fast enough. <laughs> now guys are really sad and disappointed when they leave. And, uh, you know, it's, that's just, that's a cool thing as a fan. And it's, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to have for your future as, as a fan as well. Um, 12 games in the next 25 days for the Bucks. A lot. Yeah, they basically play every other day till the end of the year. I think they have two days off after Christmas because they play Christmas Day. But um, yeah, this is a this is a big stretch. That's why I'm I'm very glad Middleton's back because they're going to need him. Going to need him. All right. Uh, what, what else is going on around the league? Not a lot's changed. Boston still got the best record at twenty and five. Um, I saw the other day of the top ten three point shooters in the league, they have four of them. Wow. Uh, Grant Williams. Horford, Sam Hauser, and Brogdon. So they're kind of out of their minds right now offensively <laughs> at 20 and 5. And Jason Tatum is probably the leading candidate for MVP. And they're still only two games ahead of the box. So I'm feeling pretty good about I that. I would say yes. Um, Brooklyn is starting to turn things around a little bit. They've won 7 of 10. They're now up to 13 and 12, uh, have the sixth seed, so they're out of the play-in situation for the time being until Simmons and or Kyrie do something dumb or get hurt. Uh, James Harden finally returned, I believe, last night in a sixer loss. They are, uh, I believe, in the seventh seed at 12 and 13. And uh, out west, right now, the Suns are the top seed at 16 and 8. The Lakers are the 13 seed and they're only 5 games out. So the West is very jumbled right now. Hmm. They've got basically the Spurs and Oklahoma City are awful and everybody else in the conference has a chance to make the playoffs. So Lakers have won like 8 of 10. So they've been playing better. Um but it's been because Anthony Davis has been on an absolute tear. And as I tweeted, when somebody put his stats up, I saw that. It's, that means it's about time for him to miss three weeks with a muscle pull. <laughs> That's just kind of how it goes with him. So keep today. your eye on that. That was good. Yeah. All right, college hoops. Uh, both Wisconsin and Marquette are playing tonight. They just played on Saturday. Um, Badgers won that game in overtime, 80-77. to We were doing Parker Craig uh, boys that night, so... Um, you had just come from watching that. I watched, uh, I think, most of the first half before I took off um, and then headed to to the gym. So I guess um, kind of lingering impressions from that game, Badgers and Golden Eagles. Well, let, let's start first with their their first games of the week. So, the, so okay. I, I couldn't have been more wrong last week in my prognostication for last Tuesday. Old Baylor? Yeah, last <laughs> Tuesday's game. So the Badgers played Wake Forest at home, who I thought they would easily beat. They lose 78-75. And Marquette has number six Baylor at home, who I think is going to whip them. And Marquette runs them out of the gym and beats them 96-70. to Seriously. So going into the, the, the game on Saturday, Marquette and the Badgers, I wasn't thrilled that the Badgers lost the game before. Against Wake Forest. Yeah. That, uh, you know, because I, I never like to necessarily play a team that's pissed off coming off of a, a loss that they probably feel they should have won. It's one thing to play a team that's lost a couple in a row because they're not that good, but I think the Badgers probably should have won that game. So, you know, uh, the Badgers, they played well. They absolutely shot out of their minds for the first 
25 minutes of that game. They were shooting over 70% in the first half. I mean, Chucky Hepburn is shooting one-legged step-back fadeaway threes at end of shot clocks and and barely making the net move, and it's like, okay, well, you're not that guy. <laughs> um, you know, they, they got up 16 early in the second half. Hepburn went out with what I don't know if it was a cramp or what exactly it was. Um, he was hunched over walking down the tunnel. Yeah, it was. It I was. Thought it, I thought maybe been a bit of lower back that he just got. I, but I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. They blow a sixteen point lead. The game ends up going into overtime. Badgers win by three. I, I thought Marquette had four or five chances uh, at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime where they just they had wide ass open shots and they just didn't make any of them. And, you know, that happens. I mean, there was a couple screen grabs I saw on Twitter. Prosper had one at the top of the key, and the closest guy to him was below the free throw line. I mean, those are shots that against Baylor they were making, and they just didn't make them. I don't know if they were tired or what. Um, At the end of the day, uh, nice win for the Badgers. Not a bad loss for Marquette. Um, If you'd have told me going into the week against Baylor and Wisconsin they were going to come out one and one, I would have been fine with that. I would have certainly thought it would be in reverse, right? but I would have been fine with that. Um, these are both tournament teams, I think, barring something catastrophic happening. Well, that's a big win on Marquette's resume for that, for the number six team at the time. Yeah, very big. Against Baylor. Very big. So, um, you know, I think both teams should feel pretty good, actually, coming out of it, because I think the Badgers played about as well as they can play in the first half. And then the second half, they kind of came back to earth a little bit. Marquette played pretty poorly in the first half, kind of righted the ship a little bit, and uh, then kind of fizzled at the end. So good things and bad things for both teams to take away. The one thing I didn't understand, though, Marquette kept doubling crawl in the post. And... Normally, I understand when Marquette does that because usually they're so much smaller than the Badgers, but they're not this year. But they were doubling him a lot in the post, and in the first half, he did a really nice job of passing out of it, and guys were wide open, and they were knocking threes down. And that, you know, I said it the other night in the Craig Parker game, these threes, they get contagious. I make one, you make one, and then all of a sudden the next guy's making one, and it's like, well, shit, we got it rolling now. And all of a sudden, it's a quick nine points and, and momentum changes. I That was a little head-scratching from Shaka. And then the two inbounds plays that they tried to run at the end of the overtime, down three with, like, two and a half seconds left. I don't know what the hell they were running. They were two of the worst inbounds passes I've ever seen. Um, They were just – they had no chance. So uh, that was a little disappointing. But, you know, all in all – my Badger friends were really giving me a lot of shit about it, which was kind of funny because, I mean, yeah, it's a rivalry and all, but they're not in the same conference. And after today, I hope the Badgers do well. So I, I, I don't, I don't Again, get it. Fanatical fans. And, 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 and oh, by the way, like, dude, I'm 41, almost 42 years old. Like, the exploits of 19 and 20 year old college basketball players don't get me that wound up anymore. Sorry, I just don't live and die with it like I used to when I was younger. Sure. So, there you go, D-Walk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like it. Go, buddy. 
Um, Badgers are taking on Maryland tonight. Terps yep. are undefeated. They're 8-0. They just took out Illinois on Friday, and that's a late game. And then they play at Iowa on Sunday, which always, Iowa, always. It's a give, tough place. Give, gives Wisconsin It's a tough problems. place for the Badgers to play. Well, it's kind of like football, you know? And I'm, okay, well, no, we don't have to go back to that. We can, we, we, we can talk about that. I'll, I'll keep this on my, in my mental radar maybe for next week. You'll forget. I won't, probably will. Um, and then uh, we can run bracketology in just a second. But this uh, tonight, Marquette playing North Carolina Central, yep. who apparently just beat the shit out of a Division Two team and knocked in 16 threes. They beat them like 140 to 27 or something. This is a money game. This is a money game. Hey, you want to come play us? We'll give you a hundred grand. Pin me, pay me. Exactly. I'm out of here. Total jobber match. <laughs> Total jobber match. And then Big East play against Notre Dame on Sunday for so, Marquette. So uh, a nice a nice Sunday afternoon of, right. of college hoops with for us. No with Packers no, and Bears. Yes. Uh, Marquette's on at three, I believe. Badgers play, I think, at four thirty. Yeah. So, so yeah, some some nice afternoon right. hoops to watch. Um Bracketology, uh, they had Bucky this week. As an eight seed in the East, uh, facing off against TCU. I didn't know TCU had a good basketball program. Yeah, I mean they're they're okay. Jamie Dixon's their head coach. He used to be the coach at Pitt. Yeah, I I, I recognize the name. He went down there. I think TCU's his alma mater, so he went Got down it. there. Right. And then uh, Marquette uh, jumped from not being in to up oh. to a nine seed uh, in the West against West Virginia. Obviously, the matchup means nothing. I just throw that in there for fun. Sure, but. Um, yeah, the, the the Baylor win and how badly they beat Baylor and how they beat Baylor probably was very eye opening. Way more of a big deal than losing by three in For overtime sure. to the Badgers. Absolutely. Who most people feel are a top 25, 30 team. Sure. I mean, they Badgers should have beat Kansas or could have beat Kansas. So, yeah, like I said, I, I think these two teams are both going to be pretty fun teams to, to follow this year. And I think that, uh, I think they should both be in a tournament pretty easily. Uh, top 25 note, North Carolina, the preseason number one to now being not ranked. Yeah, four four losses in a row. Um, Couldn't happen to a nicer program. It, it's just bizarre, kind of bizarre. I mean, I mean they'll rebound, well, I would and, assume. And, and Gonzaga got killed by somebody. I think Texas recently just destroyed Gonzaga. So, yeah, some of the, some of the top teams that we've seen the last couple of years are – not faring so well, and that's why we get a Houston as a as a number one in the nation. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Uh, baseball hot stove is going on. We've had some just ridiculous contracts in the last twenty four hours. Man, but as far as the Brewers are concerned, I don't know when. Maybe I was traveling and just didn't see when they traded Colton Wong. But it flew under the radar for me, and then I I saw what they got back for him. And you had called this when they signed him. That said that maybe that's an inkling that he's headed somewhere else. Wong? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was late Friday afternoon. Okay, that's and that's why. Um, so the Brewers trade Colton Wong to Seattle for uh, outfielder Jesse Winker, who previously Brewer fans probably remember he was on the Reds. Okay. Oh, right. And, yes. And uh, an infielder, Abraham Toro, who I have never heard of. Okay. So basically what they've, they've traded Wong and Renfro – for Winker, Toro, and three borderline major league pitchers in the Renfro trade. That's that's their transaction so far this year um, in, in what they've added to the team. Mm. Um, obviously, um, they lost Jace Peterson to the A's today. 
Uh, we talked about, I think, last week they released Suter. Um, they did bring back, they are bringing back Mike Brasso. Yep, I yeah, saw. Yep, I saw they re-signed him. Um, he's basically the new Jace Peterson. Um, but, you know, I I reached out to our, our, our friend who has some brewer connections just for a little bit of what this means. I'll be interested I, in this. When I saw the Wong trade, you know, initially I'm like, well, Urias is playing second. That's my thought. Telez, Urias, Adamas, question mark at third. Um, sounds like Bryce Terang is on their radar. Who He's been one of their higher-up prospects for the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, I believe he came up shortstop center field. Um, but sounds like him at second base some this year may be something we see. Um, uh, and maybe a little in center. I think you're going to see Urias second and third both. I. The way it's shaping up, I think 95% of the time Adamas is going to play short, and I think the other three positions are going to be uh, a plug-and-play because you still got a guy like Hira, and I don't know what you're going to do. Are you going to try him again at first? Are you going to let him play a little second? He hit enough last year to kind of keep you intrigued. Keep you around. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I read today most MLB scouts think Winker would be best suited as a DH. Um, I saw a projected outfield for the Brewers today of Taylor and right, Mitchell in center, Yelich in left. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really solve our Yelich can't throw anymore problem that we <laughs> all witnessed last year in in left field. Um, but you can't outside of a DH, you can't hide a guy anywhere else than out there, right? When you can't play out there, where are you going to put them? Exactly. So that's why the Winker thing, when I read that, I was like, well, that's interesting. Cause but are you going to pay him that much just to hit? Probably not. You Well, you would like to not, but well, you, you like might to have not. to. Right. Um, if it's killing you. And I did look today, five years, $26 million a year left for, for Yelly. Um, Yikes. So that happened. And then yesterday on, MLB. Uh, on MLB TV. Because uh, the winter meetings are going on, Council was on and interviewed, and was asked about the Hater trade. And I feel bad that Council has to be the one to answer these questions, correct? Because chances are he didn't have a lot of say in the decision. I was wondering that when you had texted me. I'm wondering what the conversation was, or the news breaking was to him, like, hey. We're going to trade your all-star release, your closer. Yeah. And just to see what the back and forth was after that. So he, he says that they, you know, and I think we've, I think we've talked about this we before. Have. And I think they might have even said it a couple of weeks ago. Maybe maybe Stearns finally admitted it. but Yes, he did. Um, the, the, the we didn't realize that it was going to affect us this negatively. It's still a shocking statement to me. I mean, because then Council goes on to talk about how much Hater meant in 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 what he was what he meant in the clubhouse, what he meant to the success of their on field teams the last couple of years, what he meant to the organization, and then he basically said it came down to money. Um, but you didn't need to. You, he was already getting his money last year. You like that wasn't that wasn't a 
a viable that's not a viable excuse to me to to say it's about the money the year before they had to boost his arbitration number like you're really trading him over that instead of looking the year after that when I think he was out and then you had to sign him so you're basically trading him a year before you're worried about paying him mm-hmm like the arbitration money was the deal breaker. Is that what you're telling us? But, but the whole we didn't know that it was going to affect. I just, I would have thought that as a former player, you would, and know. maybe he voiced it, and maybe maybe he maybe, tooth maybe and nail. he was shot down. But like I would have do thought this, can't do that, this. Like, listen, it, it's it's similar. I heard um, uh, stink. Uh, Schlereth. Schlereth said this about Rodgers the other day when somebody said that the Packers should bench him and play love. He's like, you don't understand what that tells everybody else in the room. I get what you're saying. I, I get all the things the Brewers are saying. Hater wasn't going to be here this year, blah, 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 blah. Fine. But to not have a pulse of the locker room and how these guys were going to feel personally about it, I think is kind of jarring. And if you're the person who thinks that, well, they're professionals and they should just get over it, well, that's just not how life works. That's just not how it works. That's tone deaf to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You develop relationships with people, and then when all of a sudden they're just gone, that's usually not very easy to swallow. Most people don't shrug their shoulders and go, oh, well, on to the next one. That's just not how people work. And I don't want people to work that way. No. Because that would suck, right? So it's nothing really new. It just kind of wound everything back up again. But to finally hear the coach say it is yeah. the manager was like, okay, well. They fucked up. They fucked yeah. up bad. Yeah. And they know it. And they, they got to eat some shit for that. And he said it. We got to own it. And now Stearns doesn't have to deal with it anymore. And now it's Arnold gets to inherit all these questions. And it just, I told my dad yesterday when we saw the clip, I said, it's not the same, but it, it, it just feels so much like the Ray Allen trade where it was like George Carl's on his way out. Stearns knows he's on his way out. He makes this trade that long-term probably isn't a good trade to make at that time. And it totally fucks your team up. And in the Bucks case, it screwed them up for years. I don't think this is going to screw the Brewers right. up for years, but it certainly screwed them up last year. For sure. Um, God, just, I mean, the, yes. after, the ramifications after that and the on-field record, and I, I mean, it was. But they still got some stuff to do, man. Like, they need a catcher. The only catcher right now they got to Caratini. They got to get somebody. I, I read Christian Vasquez might be a possibility from uh, the Astros because it sounds like they want to upgrade the position. So, you know, I don't think they're going to throw any any money at anybody significant um, at, at any position. Um, That's not shocking. Because I know they've got uh, a couple of guys, namely Wood uh, Woodruff and Burns, who are going into some arbitration who are going to get raises. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they're probably going to be in the 11 to 12 million per per guy. So. I don't know how many years they have left, but should Brewer fans brace themselves for one or both of these guys being gone? Yeah, and we're going to get to why here as we run okay. down a couple of these contracts. Well, let's let's get to the money. Jacob DeGrom goes to the Rangers, 5 years, 185 million. 
Kershaw gets twenty million. He's only one year in L.A. I think this is it for him. One year. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is it. Verlander to the Mets for three years, over eighty-six and a half million. And Trey Turner goes to Philly in what did I read? The sixth three hundred million dollar plus contract, eleven years for him I was, to join a Phillies team that is already pretty loaded. I could not believe when I saw that contract. Really good player. But 298, 21 homers, 27 stolen bases. Close to 30 million a year for a decade kind of player? And a guy who's a speed guy? Like, what happens when the wheels It'll start to off. go? Yep. Um, well, let's just go back to the pitchers. Go ahead. Start with DeGrom. Yep. Um, I mean, I believe the Brewers have control of Burns and, and Woodruff for two more years. Yep. I can't imagine Burns getting less than two hundred million on his next deal. Woodruff, I think, will be less because he's older. But Burns, with being a Cy Young winner and his age, I I can't see him signing for less than two hundred million. And I also can't see the Brewers paying that. I could see the Brewers paying Woodruff, um, maybe on a short term big money deal. I don't think they'll lock him up long term because I think, and and rightfully so. I I I guess it's a little scary to lock up a pitcher for five years. Um, but the one that the Brewer fans should should keep their eye on the most, I think, is the Turner contract because if Trey Turner is a is a three hundred million dollar, basically thirty million dollar a year guy, what's Adamus going to be? And he comes up in 25, so he's got two more years as well. Um, I can't see him getting less than $200 million. So are you going to pay Burns a 30, an early 30-year-old, high strikeout, low average, non-gold glove winning shortstop $25 million a year? I just don't see it. So... I would think that, I think this year, and I read this today, the Brewers have gotten calls on those three guys. The word is they're telling other teams, we're not trading these guys right now. We want to go into the season with our core and see what happens. Now, I think if the Brewers are 500 in July, I think they could trade somebody. I think next year, one of those three for sure is gone. And... Personally, I hope it's Adamus because I, I I like him the least, and I think the position player is the easiest to replace. I'd love for Corbin Burns and Woodruff to be Brewer starters for the next five years, along with Peralta and, and Ashby. Um, I just have a hard time seeing it happening. It just, and I think Atanasio's ass is still a little burned from that that Yelich deal. You know, I'm I mean, not anxious to hand out that much money. Willie Adamas has never had anything even come close to those two years that Yelich had. So, how do you give him more money than that? If Yelich all of a sudden goes on fire again and somehow re, re and he could recovers he could. to his old form, not necessarily in the outfield, but just at the plate and just starts absolutely mashing, does your confidence return and you can maybe? 
sink in a little bit more? I doubt it because I think at the end of the day, I read that the Brewers, I think last year, had $126 million payroll. They're projected to have 113 this year. You can't have $100 million of it going to four guys. You just can't, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and, and then you're going to hope that some of these young guys pop. And when they pop, you got to pay them in arbitration. You know, I mean, if Garrett Mitchell all of a sudden becomes a legitimate the, the gold glove level star, right? maybe not like a superstar, but, you know, if he's as good as, I don't know, a, a top eight center fielder or whatever, you're going to have to pay these guys. Um, I don't know. It, it's. It's kind of the same old song and dance with the Brewers. It, it, it sucks having to, you know, kind of be a 4A farm club here right. for some of these guys. But that's why I, w- I wish in the short term they'd try to do something here. Um, and that's why last year I really thought was the year to to try to do something. But um, but th- they did. They just did it the wrong the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's some baseball stuff. Um don't really have anything to report on Whitewater. Um, you know, our season's done. I met with the athletic director, uh, Ryan Callahan, last week, and he's going to start up the coaching search. He, he mentioned a few names. I won't go into go into specifics, but he has some guys on the radar. The final four is set for the for the D3 playoffs. It's your Mount Unions. It's your North Centrals. It's your Mary Harden Baylors. And um, from, the, uh, from the Whitewater side of the bracket, Wartburg destroyed Aurora, uh, so Wartburg is in now, and I think they play. I think they play Mount Union, and I think on the other side it's Mary Harden Baylor and North Central. I think so. So that'll happen on Saturday. Um, I have already because I and some people have asked about Whitewater in kind of the aftermath of our season and whatever. I have already. I I enjoyed the season so much. I've already started looking at the places that we're going. And already looking at what their press boxes look like. Like I've I've Googled the fields that they play on, and then I go to like the field view and like look at at what at the, at the facilities. And uh, and when we're going to go down to Mary Harden Baylor, it's going to be pretty freaking awesome hmm. uh, next year in Texas. Uh, John Carroll looks okay, and then you know I looked up Point and River Falls and uh, Oshkosh, those three places that we're going to. So um, again. Just kind of wrapping things up. Probably top three experience in my professional broadcast career and, and and can't wait to get started next year. I'm curious to see what direction they go as coach. I mean, they got a guy in-house, uh, Rindle, who is an All-American for them. Uh, he's run a kick-ass defense for the last few years. It's probably his dream job. Uh, you know, kind of the, the mirrors of madison and whitewater to a lesser degree are uncanny Mm -hmm. in a new athletic director and his huge hire now that's gonna have to be a home run to set up for the football team yeah you know that and and do you go with the guy who doesn't who's never done the full gig but has kicked ass at his position and was a former player for you that was awesome or do you go for somebody else that maybe has left the program or somebody brand new that has no ties well, right, and and, know. and it's a program that has had virtually no turnover at the coaching ranks in the last fifty years. I right. mean, well, well, even longer than that because you had Perkins, right, who was there forever. Then you had Brozowitz, who was there forever, 
And then Leipold was there for a solid 10 years. And just enough for them to reap the benefits of everything that's been. And then Burris has been there for close Bullis, to 10 years. Yeah. Or Bullis mm-hmm. for close to 10 years. So, yeah, it, it's, not a play, it's, it's not a place that has a lot of turnover. No. And, so. and, and Ryan said he's putting a lot of internal pressure on himself, and rightly should. I mean, this is, this is a big thing. So uh, I think they're going to probably look under every rock and, you know, uh, have every um, resume that they can to look at, and it's, I think it's going to be an interesting process. I told him to kind of keep me up to date of where they're going. I'm sure he's not going to tell me before they hire somebody and just, you know, not going to tweet out and uh, kind of steal their thunder or anything. But um, just kind of curious to see how that's going to go, and, and we'll see how quick that happens. So, you know, you're going to get to work here with the recruiting period after the National Signing Day for the D1s and then see where everybody else kind of wants to go. Um, so, as far as high school stuff, I mean, you and I are kind of into our, what, fourth, fifth week already? Some, something like that? Um, third week. Is that, is, 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 yeah. that what it, is it only the third, it's third week? Yeah. I feel like it's the fourth. It I doesn't know. matter. Um, you know, we got the holiday tournaments coming up towards the end of the year, and then things kind of really pick up after – after January, we got a couple of games this week and next week. We're kind of um, taking it slow here we are. early on, so we it's it's very easy for us to get kind of burned out as the weather gets really really shitty. It's cold, you know. You got to go to Madison on a Friday night and 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 call a game in the in the middle or late January. It's it's you get burned out a little yeah. bit. So we're trying to trying to not do that that early season grind as much and we've got a little more help now um with with sean and bear that can do a few games for us which is nice and you know as much as i lamented us losing so many of these games to the badgers it's gonna i think end up being a good thing in the long run because it's just a few less games that we got to Right, make decisions on, and and I don't really want to go to a gym to do a game that's not going to get listened to or is going to be bad, and we're only going to offer it on the stream mm-hmm. while some other people are paying attention to Wisconsin. It's yeah. it's not worth the resources. It's not worth our time. It's not worth burning us out. No, to go do this stuff. So, in in that respect, I mean, I you know I've gotten questions about why you're not going to do this, and you used to do that, and why aren't you doing that? And I'll straight say it's like <laughs> we're tired. Yeah. You know, we did 50 games last year. We did. We, we did twice as much as any single team played. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. We yep. won a lot of places. We we went over to Kenosha for playoff games. I don't even know where else we went last year. We're, no, we went, we went to Racine, I think. A couple times. Um, yeah, so it's like we, oh yeah, Case and then and then Horlick. Yep. So, I mean, we, we've been, we, we've done a lot, and now that we get into the, the season, I think you and I agree that maybe we need to ramp up and start a little slower. And, you know, you and I were talking before we went on here. Maybe with me doing Whitewater, maybe we take, you know, the first month off. Well, and, and or something like that. As I think back on it, I think that's kind of what Al did. You know, I remember seeing him a lot more after the first of the year than before the first of the year. You know, they would do, they'd always do the Edgewood game because that was right around Thanksgiving, but. He never did holiday stuff nope. around Christmas. Non-conference. The, I think the only time he ever did was when the Parker girls went down and played in that huge yeah, Arizona tournament. tournament. But other than that, he wasn't. You know, he he didn't follow us to Point when we went up there. He didn't follow us. You know, to Waukesha when we went over there. So, sorry, Bredesen. Yeah, sorry, man. It's company policy. It's ages old. Al's got it written in stone from back in the nineties. Can't change it. But no, I mean, we saw. 
we saw two pretty decent um, boys games this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker beat Verona in a, yeah. in a very, very competitive game. It was. Um, two pretty even teams. Uh, Parker pulled that one out at the end. And then um, we saw Craig beat Parker Saturday night, which in a game I, I thought would have been a little bit closer. But, um, you know, Craig played well. Parker did not. Parker got in some foul trouble. Um, but, you know, I I think those teams are pretty even. I think both those teams are middle-of-the-pack Big 8 teams. Maybe they can win a game or two in the in the tournament, mm-hmm. but they'd have to have a lot of things really go their way for them to make any deep runs this year. Obviously, with the girls, uh, the Parker girls are still in their in their massive rebuild and uh the Craig girls they're they're better than the teams that aren't very good but they're going to struggle to beat good teams cuz they just don't have they have no size and not a lot of depth. depth they uh they ran into that Sun Prairie West team and the gym is very nice it's a, it's a good looking field house i thought it was really interesting on how the majority of the roster is constructed from the old full Sun Prairie school, but that coach has them playing a completely different style than what they're used to from John Olson. You know, they like to get up and down. They're they're still physical because we saw that, you know, that coach McGlynn kind of play that style at East. It was not very finessey, mm-hmm. um, but they but they get going a while and and they piss some they're gonna piss some people off the way they play. Huh. Um because they they get in your face and they suffocate you, yeah. and then as soon as they get the ball, they're gone. And they have just enough height combined with their speed to be a little bit dangerous. I'm not surprised they only lost to Verona by four. They're going to be scrappy that mm-hmm. way. So I I think the Big Eight's kind of going to settle the way at least the top half the way that uh, Wisports and Norbert kind of kind of talked about. Well, so, there seems to be a pretty clear gap from the well from what we've seen the top two. We haven't seen Middleton yet. No. And they're traditionally pretty good, and they got an interesting guy running their program, a new coach by the name of Richard Griffith. I still can't believe. So that. that's going to be interesting to see when we get to watch Middleton play. But still can't believe that. But, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Craig's got a couple of real nice players, Majestro Kennedy and Maya Nicholson, but they're just small, man. Yep, they're small, and Stormy never plays a lot of kids. Um. Anyway, he doesn't even really have a big that big of a roster. I think he might only have ten girls on the roster, so um, not a lot of depth and not a lot of height. Well, that's that's a tough recipe. They're staring down the barrel of their toughest probably three game stretch of the season. I mean, right now they lost to New Berlin Eisenhower. They just lost to West uh, Sun Prairie West, and now they face Verona. That's our next game mm-hmm. uh, coming up on Thursday. So and then and that'll be at the Craig Gym, and uh, the, we got the Parker Boys in Sun Prairie East. And then you're taking the night off, and then me and Bear are going to go up to La Follette. Yay. Go up and break your back. Hope you get a signal. God. Pardon me. It's the worst place I think we go, right? I would agree. Yeah. And it's, Although, nothing, it's nothing against them. But I texted it's, you it's when we were It's just not a great no. setup. When we were at Sun Prairie, I couldn't get a cell signal out. So I was worried that our equipment was not going to find well, a connection. It's probably like Milton. It's probably so. It's, there's it's so much, zone too, so they much said. steel. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean,. When we went up there last year, brand new building, awesome. beautiful gym, can't get a signal out. Can't get a yeah, signal. Crazy. Sorry, we're not coming anymore. <laughs> but Yeah, so we'll see. This week and next week, and then we got the holiday tournament. So Optimus Classic, I don't know who's playing with Craig uh, again this year. That's always, They usually kind of keep Milton and 
Um, I think Evansville came over one year, and then they usually throw together another. I don't know who's in it uh, this year, but but we'll see about that. But a couple of games this week, some more next week, and then we'll we'll get on to the holiday break, and then after kind of the first of the year, we'll you start to you know see the division or the conferences settle in, in who's good and who's yeah, not. Yeah, absolutely, and it so, helps us when we're trying to pick some of these games and right. what nights to do it and where to go. Yep. So as Coach O'Leary likes to say, that second half of who we've seen and and who we're gonna see, it will be a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see about that. So that's. That'll about wrap it up for us. We got a good hour and a half plus of uh, some sports talk, so we appreciate you sticking with us if you're all the way here to the end. Yeah, a lot of good hoops this week. Yeah, like we said, good college games. And, Bucks are going, and, and, and no and, football for us this week. And you can always listen to us uh, on uh, on CLO or yep. watch it on YouTube. Some of these high school games. Absolutely. So. Well, let's try and talk next week about that about the charging and the sure. streaming and all that stuff. There was a conversation today that we don't need to get into, but. But I'd like to do that. So thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Please subscribe. And, of course, tell your friends to uh, jump on with us and the intentional foul as well. So uh, until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Go Bucks, Go. Go.